You, you are, now are now tuned into the Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Syndicated worldwide to bring real, real black radio back <laughs> to the masses. All right, everybody. One, two, one, two. What's going on? You're now in tune to another session of the syndicated worldwide Fusebox radio broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah since 1998 on your FM dial internet radio station podcast or website, bringing you a slice of what we call 21st century black radio for the masses, a mix of dope old school and new school music, along with news and commentary from all over the worldwide diaspora of black music slash urban music hip-hop soul funk jazz reggae and all that good stuff you have myself dj fusion as well as my partner john judah hitting folks in the head weekly with this wonderful combination of joints as of right now um i'm rocking the show solo john judah will be back on next week he's on some well-deserved relaxation time up and down the east coast and we got a whole lot of interesting things going on during this week's show but let's go through the formalities and shout out and all that good stuff before we get into that definitely love to all of our broadcast and website affiliates check out our updated listings of who is on board with the fuse box radio and spreading our message and music to the masses over at blackradioisback.com which is our official blog site or our official myspace page at myspace.com slash fusebox radio f-u-s-e-b-o-x-r-a-d-i-o of course we had to give love to the listeners by whatever means you get to us we highly appreciate you we highly appreciate all the folks who besides our main sites hit us over at our social networks all of them in at slash fusebox radio so twitter.com slash fusebox radio facebook.com slash fusebox radio etc etc so forth and so on we appreciate the folks who um have the fuse box radio staff write and expand our views on music and other things which are the folks over at oh hell Naw blog at oh com and planet ill planet ill.com much love to all of the um staff and everything who've been quite supportive of us in the writing endeavors and with the radio show I hope everybody in the East Coast of the United States, where we're having a heat wave right now during our summertime period, is cooled down. And just all of our people in the world are being able to have as much rest, respite, and stress-free time as possible. And hopefully, maybe listening to our show is a part of that cool-out process and all of that. Um, again, you can get to us via the social networks, blackradioisback.com. You can also access the weekly show in case you miss it through our various affiliates, through weekly updates over, excuse me, joints such as iTunes, Zoom, etc. You can subscribe to the show um, via your MP3 player computer and get the radio show all the time. Or you can go directly on the web and listen to the Fusebox Radio archives for the past two years at fuseboxradio.podomatic.com. Shouts out to our folks at Podomatic for providing excellent service with holding us down on the podcast end. Anyway, um, we got a lot of stuff going on during this week's show. I'm going to bring a mix of some old and new school music. We have a new Black Agenda segment this week. Shouts out to the folks over there, Glenn Ford and all of them. And we also have a really, really special segment this week 
that I was able to accost via the web. I heard this broadcast earlier in the week through um, one of the great community radio stations in the DC metro area, WPFW 90, excuse me, WPFW 89.3 FM. And this is a show that was done by Dr. Gerald Ball. Um, you can get um, a lot of his shows and other good things over at the Vox Union com website and what we have in this week's show that we uh, were able to get from them is an interview that dr ball did with professor houston baker in regards to the way leading black intellectuals have abandoned the ideals of the civil rights era or that train of thought and if nothing else i think it's a very thought-provoking situation especially with what's been happening in the news lately which i'm gonna do a little bit of quick commentary on before we get into the music and that interview but um yeah definitely shout out to the voxunion.com folks dr gerald ball and professor houston baker for this really um interesting interview the book by dr houston baker is called betrayal how black intellectuals have abandoned the ideals of the civil rights era so that's about a 30 minute plus segment into the radio show and again the regular mix of old and new school music and um, we also have a mini segment from the folks over at free press about five minutes um free press for those who have um followed us on twitter and also via blackradiosback.com is a really great nonprofit organization that advocates for media democracy basically everybody should have the right to in a democratic country express themselves and also lobby whether it's the bigger corporations or independent media organizations um lobby for just fair and balanced um entertainment programming news programming and a lot of other things they have a really great educational program in regards to that and um information you can check them out at freepress.net they have a weekly segment called media matters where they just update people in regards to what's going on in the united states media democracy arena so we have a five minute segment with that we're testing it out we're curious to see what our listeners think about that we might add that into the mix uh, weekly along with our regular black agenda report segments and once the school year starts the national black college network direct effects segments so yeah man we got a lot going on this week a lot going on but it should be good should be hot should be ready to go and um on my end with the commentary about what's happened in the news um during the past week um got a few interesting things but um one thing in particular that really bugged me out before on broadcast time I'm sure that um, people have heard about the situation with the USDA worker Shirley Sherrod. Um, as a quick summation, basically, Miss Sherrod had a speech she did over 20 years ago. And the right wing conservative media, a la Fox News, Andrew Breitbart, etc., only put out a small segment of her speech, which they tried to flip in, make it seem like she was racist towards white people and eventually because of this she ended up being forced to resign by the usda and the obama administration now if she was racist (coughs) excuse me or said something way way out of line there would have been a point to all of this 
but it wasn't there was this was a, a severely edited video the video is on um, YouTube and a whole bunch of news sites right now where essentially she was making a point about people having to look beyond prejudices and racism and things to just be a good human being and do a good job essentially she was helping farmers not get their land and other things foreclosed and she had to deal with she's a black lady she had to deal with you know a white farmer situation and she was talking about even though at first these people came at me sideways i had to look above and beyond that because this day and age we're in a certain system it's about the haves and the have-nots so basically this clip came out and a lot of people look like fools and um, as of right now the usda is putting out an offer to rehire her in another position now i'm not necessarily surprised at what the right-wing media has done in the states quite frankly this is how they roll that's really nothing new what was amazing and astounding was that the NAACP and the um, White House administration, the Obama administration, pretty much had no backbones and, you know, they got punked out. There's no real nice way of saying it in a clean FCC form. You would think that these other two groups of people before they start, you know, trying to pretty much throw Ms. Sharon under the bus would actually try to check out things and see what's going on. They did not do that and eventually had to end up backtracking and looking crazy as well. One of the reasons why in our country that people like the Tea Party, quote unquote conservatives and other people have kind of a reign is as much as one may not like their viewpoints and opinions, they stick by them. They're really loud about it. The Obama administration and the NAACP almost seem like they're trying to appease people too much who aren't going to like them no matter what they do i to a degree understand what the obama administration has has to do to try to maintain a balance because there's still people you know going on to two years now who are freaked out that there is a man of color in office quite frankly you just need to deal with that but the naacp and president ben jealous need to be ashamed of themselves for at first trying to throw Ms. Sherrod in the bus say, well, we wouldn't have never condoned this, even though this speech was made at an NAACP meeting many, many years ago. And that, you know, we don't want to be associated with that and so forth and so on through Twitter and a whole bunch of other means um, through the press and then having to backtrack later on talking about we've been snookered. Y'all are grown ass men and grown women. You should try to have an idea of knowing what goes on, period, before just tossing people over. This to me just seemed to show a very assimilationist tactic with people. Like if we can just throw the one bad Negro away, the rest of us will look good and we won't have problems. And if that's your tactic, at least be sure of what the hell that you're doing. You know what I mean? This was just such a ridiculous story and scenario which got turned around and essentially not even 4 to 12 hours after it first dropped. You know, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's very, very mind-blowing. And Miss Sherrod now honestly has been taking things way, way better than I could truthfully say I would. I personally hope she sues the hell out of a whole lot of people for slandering her name, for one. And secondly, the talk of her 
not being able to talk about race. Like, yeah, some people talk about, well, she shouldn't be talking about race in the first place. That makes her a racist. Is just ridiculously ignorant. For a woman who had her own father killed by the KKK, not being able to talk about black and white relations, period, during the civil rights era, is just ridiculous. Besides the fact that we can't get into any kind of post-racial era if nobody can have a real grown folk talk about race and not just throw it up as a shield or cower behind it when people are scared. And one thing that was also bugged out is a lot of these so-called appointed television news leaders who they say represent black people were dead to hell silent while all this was going on. They were dead silent during you know, the Oscar grant thing mostly. And um, that verdict, uh, they've been silent towards certain other uh, police brutality situations if there's not a camera in front of them. And it was silence with um, Shirley Sherrod, even though right from the gate, you know, the story has so many holes in it, it was Swiss cheesed out. So, in summation for me, at the end of the day, whether it's the hip-hop generation, um, generations of different people of color or whatever, you might as well say what's on your mind. You might as well express yourself. You might as well do you. Because no matter what, people are going to come after you and try to slaughter you and destroy you, whether it's by via reputation or physically. You know, this doesn't mean to be insensitive or a prick or anything like that. But if by now... If people think being quiet and quote-unquote safe is going to protect you, mind you, Ms. Sherrod has worked for the USDA for many, many years before she was at um, her state position, and, you know, people still try to slaughter her, then, then what do people think is going to happen? You know, it's time to exercise our own freedom of speech and not depend on these other big so-called leaders to, to tell people what to do, period. If there's injustice, we got to start from our communities on up. Just because you might be part of a small movement doesn't mean your movement is unimportant. Just because you might just be influencing people around your way doesn't mean what you're doing is unimportant. Because the way cats are running around, they their heads cut off. You know, this this mess is no good. This nonsense is no good. But um, anyway, yeah, that's my rant on the um, Shirley Sherrod situation. Um, also, be careful if you're on um, international flights. Air France just arrested a <clears throat> flight attendant for literally running people's pockets while they were asleep in business class and um, first class, like lifting wallets and all other types of stuff. So, you know, when eating that sumptuous fast food, um, watch your back, be careful, all of that good stuff. Also, interesting note for my people who are really into the Freedom of Information Act. Um, for at least a year, according to the Associated Press, Homeland Security Department has detoured requests for um, various <clears throat> um, inquiries in regards to what's going on with um, certain political requests and um, other types of deals. And um, also information about um, how political appointees have been chosen. So the thing that's kind of funny style about that is the Freedom of Information Act for us here in the States is supposed to be one of the tools to have government be a bit more open in regards to just basic happenings of what's going on. So whether it's people wanting to, you know, go into the FBI, CIA files to just other basic things, you know, people can go forth and um, go through those various requests. So, you know, that is definitely an interesting note I think folks should be aware of. 
and um, keep on their toes. And for all of our listeners who listen to us um, via our internet means, um, interesting statistic that's gone down. The Radio Joint Audience Research Firm over in the UK has put out that the podcast audience makes up over half of the internet radio audience. So in other words, if you're downloading our show and other shows, um, you're contributing a big deal to the new generation of free broadcasting. So to put that into a interesting perspective, when you see all these countries trying to control how people can get broadband and other information and stuff like that, um, that's also affecting who you listen to and what you listen to and the content that you listen to. So, you know, definitely an interesting factoid to ponder hmm, and think about. And um, a BP oil spill for all my people who are tracking what's going on with that over here in the States. Uh, British Petroleum is still tripping. Um, as people know, so far, the basic oil cap they put on there is a basic replacement while they're trying to get the pipelines um, back together again is um, still holding down as a broadcast time. That's good news. However, it shows that in a press um, photo release, BP was photoshopping, <coughs> excuse me, um, a picture of the Houston crisis room trying to make things seem like they were more about tracking things than they were. Now, with all the environmental damage, financial damage, and other things that we don't even know how big that's going to be for the next few years from this particular oil spill because people didn't want to wash their back and have safety precautions, to fake like you're really trying to monitor what's going down is just stupid. And I'm glad that that was caught by a whole bunch of news organizations. And I hope BP is going to actually sit back and, you know, finally try to be about what's going on there's too many lives at stake as well whether it's people who are tied into the economy people who live around the various lands where this is um occurring around the gulf of mexico and so forth and so on um and lastly on a slightly lighter note for my weed heads and all of that um the u.s patent office has let people know um, even in the age of medical marijuana, you can't trademark different names for weed, herb, pot, etc., whatever you want to call it, marijuana. And um, so, you know, if you're like, I'm going to be the first person to run down, I'm going to patent Maui Wowie, Chronic, you know, Chocolate Tie, etc., 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 yeah, guess what? That's not going to go down. So get a little more creative with your names if you are a medical um weed dispenser if you're somebody who plans to get into that one day and um get that business popping because as the people in oakland see you got people who are ready to make plant like damn near plantations of herb because of the medical marijuana um laws that are passing for legalization in various states and um other joints you know little man gotta get in somehow so you know get smart get into it get involved and um yeah that is pretty much it on my news in for now check out more updated news stories of interest and everything from the fusebox radio fam through our twitter feed twitter.com slash fusebox radio as well as blackradiosback.com in the meantime time for some old school new school music news commentary and dr gerald ball's interview on black intellectuals here on this week's 
Fusebox Radio broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. 21st Century Radio for the masses. Black Radio for the masses. All right. Peace. Here come the drums. You're now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion.
right here on the Fuse Box Radio. DJ Fusion. Electric Love. Electric Love Electric Love Something more to release the stress of. 
face on. Yo, put the stupid face on. 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 Yo, put the stupid face on. Right here on the Fuse Box Radio. DJ Yo, check this out. This is Chuck D. Public Enemy. You're now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. Harder than you think. I'm 
more than a rapper, more like a rising icon. And this shit that I'm on, they artists turn they mics on, make authors get they right on. More than a rapper, more like a rising icon. And this shit that I'm on, they artists turn they mics on, they authors get they right on. Now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. Turning it out without a doubt. Know what I'm so 
and about Just scream and shout and everybody say Now Detroit, what the fuck the beast? Getting wild in the street, see the mark of the beast Say the police What up, Hacks? Welcome to Media Minutes, a weekly review of news related to media and democracy. I'm Stevie Converse. And I'm Candace Clement. The largest media merger in a generation is still looming on the horizon, and this week the Federal Communications Commission took their review of the deal on the road. At a public hearing in Chicago, the FCC heard from panelists and Chicago residents about the proposed merger of Comcast, the nation's largest cable provider, with NBC, one of the world's biggest producers of TV shows and motion pictures. Speaking on the panel was Free Press President and CEO Josh Silver, who expressed grave concerns about the deal's impact on creativity and diversity in media. With increasing broadband speeds, any website could have the reach of a television or radio network, breaking open access and distribution of media content, and allowing anyone with an internet connection to have a voice in the public square. This merger is a direct threat to that historic opportunity. Comcast's proposed takeover of NBC has received widespread criticism from public interest advocates, consumers, independent programmers, and cable providers. Free Press Associate Program Director Josh Stearns says that the scene in Chicago was no different. Of the 13 panelists, 10 of them raised really incredible, strong concerns about the merger, both the public interest concerns and the competition concerns. Chicago would be particularly hard hit by the merger. Should the deal go through, the cable provider, who already dominates the high-speed internet market in the city, would also control the local NBC affiliate and the local Telemundo station. And as Stearns explains, this is a deal that will only be good for one company, Comcast. Everybody who was at that hearing came from their own individual perspectives and said, you know, as an independent producer, this will hurt me. As an economist, I can see how this is going to create unfair market advantage. As a competitor of Comcast, this will hurt me. As a small cable company, this will hurt me. As a public interest advocate, this is going to hurt the public. And you got this narrative that it seems like everybody sees a danger or risk in this merger, except for big business. Policymaking at the behest of the largest companies across industries is threatening our economy, our oceans, our security, and the very viability of our democracy. Just look at the ongoing recession or the disaster in the Gulf of Mexico for the most recent examples. Allowing the Comcast-NBC merger would be yet another giveaway to industry titans at the public's expense. To learn more about the merger, visit freepress.net slash Comcast. An industry-written bill that would ban municipal broadband projects in North Carolina was pronounced dead this week. The bill would have banned any North Carolina city or county from setting up an external communication system. The state legislature, working through the night to close out its session for the year, flipped the legislation into a study bill in the wee hours of Saturday morning, effectively killing the bill. Catherine Rice is the president of the Southeast Association of Telecommunications Officers and Advisors, which has been opposing the legislation. She said the industry battle against municipal broadband began when the city of Wilson opted to build its own fiber-to-the-home system. We've actually had 
four attempts by the industry to pass anti-muni broadband legislation since then. And each time, it's basically the same legislation. In each case, it was basically the industry's attempt to shut down, at the beginning, Wilson, because it was building an infrastructure that was superior to Time Warner's fiber to the home. Major Internet service providers have failed to deliver broadband to many communities across the state, and now these towns want to duplicate Wilson's success by providing broadband themselves. In North Carolina, we've historically been a tobacco economy, textile tobacco manufacturing, and we've lost all of that to Asia and Mexico. And so these communities have had to look around and figure out ways to keep their economies alive and recognize immediately that we're in an information age and that they needed to build the next roads, which everybody knows around the world are fiber. Industry isn't just trying to squash muni broadband attempts in North Carolina. Eighteen other states have already imposed some kind of barrier to community access, thanks to industry lobbying. Texas, Missouri, Arkansas, and Nebraska have created laws banning muni broadband outright. Rice says that with each attempt by industry to kill muni broadband, the coalitions advocating for community access expand. In 2007, the bill was beaten by a grassroots effort. This year, grassroots groups were aided by federal regulators at the FCC and several tech companies. But we're stronger now, and and this is the one thing that our telecom industry does not seem to understand, that every time they do this, every time they try to shut down competition and technological advancement, people learn, people get involved, and, and our network is now even stronger. You've been listening to Media Minutes, a production of Free Press, a national nonpartisan organization working to reform the media. For more information, visit freepress.net. What up, y'all? This is GLC, fresh off good music, and you're now listening to the Fuse Box, bringing you the best of hip hop and RB from all over.
five foot hey. wonder MC Light. Ow. Better check out I DJ Fusion. Cause 
causing fire confused. The beer beer footed and the wind down beer the shoes. The eagle broke in him and that fly and
now listening to Fusebox Radio. Wherever you meet her, you'll also find a controversy brewing. 
Marijuana legally falls under the Narcotic Act. It is a mild psychedelic drug which in sufficient dosage causes a person to hallucinate. It is calculated that 675 million marijuana cigarettes were smoked in this country in 1967. Marijuana has a distinctive, heavy, sweetish odor. Smoking marijuana usually has certain characteristic effects on the mind and body. It heightens emotions at first. In some, this mood may progress quickly to irritability, excitability, and even violence. Marijuana impairs judgment, often with frightening consequences. It causes certain individuals to become aggressive and belligerent. Still others, when deprived of marijuana, after becoming psychologically dependent upon it, become so irrational that they become homicidal or suicidal. There is no way to determine the potency of an illegal drug such as marijuana. <laughs> You're now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fuse. What's not said can lead to a bad situation It could've all been fixed, but now we just waiting We could've all been cool, it's just a conversation Just a conversation, but now we having a Yeah, in communication What's not said can lead to a bad situation It could've all been fixed, but now we just waiting We could've all been cool, it's just a conversation Just a conversation, but now we having a not told somebody something you should have said You ain't wanna argue or know it was in the head Put you to the side, don't resolve them issues No news is good news until it just You can't take it, can't look at them Can't hang, can't fake it True steady stand you down, you can't face it This your own medicine, you can't taste it Laced it, poison the whole relationship Man, you know what you did in 99 Back when we were just kids And you fronted me off in front of that chin But I played it off and gave it a grin 2002, you were did it again when I was hollering at Tasha and used to push a Saturn. I pulled up to the party, you was pointing and laughing. Hot blocking, showing off the Chevy and bragging. At what point in time can we call it a pattern? Cause just the other day you let the same thing happen. Captain, I don't wanna go and expose this. Plus, I ain't the type to keep bringing up old ish, but I don't wanna smell some ish, call it roses. I'm just trying to go on and close this chapter. He looked at me, said, Let me say something. Up to now, you ain't said nothing. Yeah, it communicate. It's not saying can lead to a bad situation It could've all been fixed, but now we just waiting We could've all been cool, it's just a conversation Just a conversation, but now we having a Yeah, in communication It's not saying can lead to a bad situation It could've all been fixed, but now we just waiting We could've all been cool, it's just a conversation Just a conversation, but now we having a can't talk to a person, don't get involved with a person that'll attack you. Both of y'all will end up on Judge Matthews, arguing about phone bills or rent this past due. Used to be your best friend, now you just that dude. I used to be that dude. If you owe me money, why well, I got to ask you? When I bash you, call your cell phone and you put me to the voicemail. Oh, I harass you? Yeah, in communication. But I'ma say something now because it's escalating. And I don't wanna holler, but I feel like Will Smith in pursuit. Look, I'ma need that nine dollars regardless of all this nonsense don't say you will if you can't keep a promise be honest at least be honest because if it wasn't me you'd be floating in a pop shit wait let me just calm down relax get myself together before you make me yeah in communication what's not said can lead to a bad situation it could have all been 
politics, but now we just waiting. We could have all been cool with just a conversation, just a conversation, but now we having a yeah, the communication was not said to do a bad situation. We could have all been fixed, but now we just waiting. We could have all been cool with just a conversation, just a conversation, but now we having a Right now, it's a legendary DJ Marley Mar. You're on the fuse box. You know how we get down.
You are now listening to Fusebox Radio.
Listening to the Fuse Box Radio with DJ Fusion. Too much game in me. I don't gotta pay the. F- they just say sways is sane to me. You don't like yourself, that's why your hate pain to me. Therefore, you went 100 like you like 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 you claim to be. I don't got no flag, but I bet my bet my brain with me. Besides, and my click, nobody else can hang with me. Besides a straight dog, ain't nobody out the chain to me. 
You just pay attention, I can teach you. I'm like, yeah, three. Say, you know I'm a Too much, too much hair. I'm on some more. That rap I sang, I do me. But I got a to do me better than I do me. Straight up, this the year for me. Hooray, burn one, you should cheer for me. You are now listening to Fusebox Radio. Thank you. 
Introducing right here on the Fuse Box Radio. Elder Sensei, Returners, New World, DJ Fuse will take over part two. Your motherfucker knew we was coming back, didn't you? As we bring the big bang, we arrange horns is conjured to keep you entertained. Wordsmith, never playing hell, fire the lanes, untouchable game, Elliot Ness to gang. Deadly is warrior fame, weaponry and frame for tussles of hustling flame. Patterns like jet planes, exploiting the lane, a rise to the case, screaming at the top of my lungs and spitting your face. Cunning and great for meltdowns. I'm the answer in the crisis when you download the digital devices. Still one of the nicest, use many spices. My school is inviting for scholarships and writing. All screws tighten like construction, I'm well built. The seat stays chiseled and the frame won't tilt. Nope. Firm rock solid, I'm hawk brawling. Talk silence against like guns and hands of alcoholics. <laughs> Everybody just listen. What y'all expected? <laughs> Nothing but some real shit. It's that hip hop shit filled with anger. Classic material the others ain't making. Trade blows with labels, I'm winning every round. Cause the fans wish for the lethal spit that is renowned. Clowns ruining the name saying. Cap saying they up next. A cause that's a piece of cake. Lightweight. Cruiser. Step in the ring, I show you why I'm nicknamed the Bruce. The infinite sound wave in the booth. Auto tune is dead like having a gold tooth. 2009, death of the program. So continue with newest ish for you to scan. Introduction is more than the beginning. Cause in the half mark, you'll be hoping for no ending. This new world is just a fraction to come. Break yourself a strap down and prepare for the fun. Returners on support and manning the gun ships. Drill sergeant is me with open talent with the wrist. You are now, are now, are now tuned in to the Fuse Box Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. You're as good as they say you are. Syndicated worldwide to bring real black radio back to the masses. Joined by Professor Houston Baker Jr., who is a native of Louisville, Kentucky. Among many other things, he is a professor uh, in, of English at Vanderbilt University, author of many books, many articles, many essays, most uh, uh, recently and most known to our audience is his 2008 book, Betrayal, How Black Intellectuals Have Abandoned the Ideals of the Civil Rights Era. Uh, he is also has served as a member of the administration and institutional posts, including the 1992 presidency of the Modern Language Association of America, uh, his honors include the Guggenheim, John Hay Whitney, and Rockefeller Fellowships, as well as a number of honorary degrees from American colleges and universities. And at some point, we'll have to get him to explain to us how he got all of this while writing what he does. So welcome, Professor Baker, to the program. Thank you very much for having me back. It was wonderful the first time, and I have been looking forward to getting back with you through the interim period. I uh, hope you're doing all right with all this heat that we're having. Yeah, we're doing well. I'm doing as well as can be expected. I know not everybody is as fortunate as, as I and my family is, uh, but uh, as well as can be expected, of course, the studio is nice and cool. So we hope uh, folks out there in the listening audience are, are doing all right themselves. But yes, uh, it has been 
a powerful uh, uh, bout of the heat wave, and I wonder, though I don't watch, I do, I have to admit, I'm a little curious how the Fox News crowd has been handling that after what they said about Al Gore in our, uh, uh, earlier this year in our blizzard. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, Al Gore has his own sense of difficulty now, too, doesn't he? No doubt. Speaking of heat. <laughs> Good so, point. You know, it's a really curious time for, uh, for the nation, it seems to me, uh, with people being expelled from the Tea Partiers, uh, who are, of course, looking toward the shrewdest election strategies they can come up with, with our president calling for people to stop thinking about elections, even as his campaign seems to me, for the Democrats to be in pretty full swing. Um, these are really interesting times, and I, I liked uh, the war Churchill. It was uh, amazing to hear the kind of analysis that uh, he put down, uh, particularly with the coal train in there, um, because you know war Churchill, when uh, the folks in Colorado – like the folks in Arizona, decided that they wanted to uh, get rid of him. They uh, brought a case against him with a lot of, um, well, we can say not exactly sound research, and he was exonerated. But they took away his post as director of Native American Studies and wanted to fire him, even though he was a tenured uh, professor from the University of, of Colorado. So, you know, when you speak out, right, and you tell the truth, like Howard Zinn did in our People's History of America, uh, you don't make the powers that be, those that Fort Churchill was talking about and those who are in handsome places, you don't make them happy. And, and they will set out to get you. Well, it was also interesting, in, in speaking of the Churchill case, and I think this is actually a, a good segue, because uh, in the Churchill case, even though it was found that the university had acted unjustly, it was a black judge that uh, basically overturned the court's ruling, you know, his own court's, his own jury's ruling, uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and helped deny the, the reinstatement of Churchill uh, to the University of Colorado, which sort of, in a way, is a segue. If we could just use that to, 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 to have you talk a little bit again about uh, uh, this book, Betrayal, uh, and what exactly you mean by uh, the abandonment of the ideals of the civil rights era, and a little bit, if you could, just you know, frame that argument, because as we were just talking about, uh, as, as one of my elders, you know, tells me, you know, he may be my race, but he's not my taste. Uh, you know, we can't always assume that, that there's a, a proper solidarity among uh, uh, racialized groups. That's absolutely right. And I think part of this has to do with the dynamics of, of uh, power that uh, Churchill and others have talked about. Um, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. A uh, good significant part of the time I grew up in a slum called Little Africa, and um, my parents owned a store there. And so I kind of got to see life at a subsistence level. I was never hungry, you know, never ragged. Uh, my parents were uh, college-educated, uh, so they were in a, quote, professional class. But I saw how we, along with the black majority, could be segregated under Jim Crow mandate from the larger life of the city and no white people were ever visible to me, in any case, in Little Africa, saying this is uh, unjust and I would like to join you in solidarity in these conditions. Uh, so, I mean, I think we come up through slavery and the abject horrific conditions thereof, and we find, of course, on the plantation the slave 
driver, the, the black person who is willing to work in the offices of the plantation economy to oversee, to surveil, to literally brutalize, uh, along with the entire system, which is white-owned and, and generated. Um, so there's, there's always been this brokerage position. Um, toward the turn of the century, uh, we had uh, many ministers of churches and local, meaning that sometimes in all black establishments or, or incorporated cities like Eatonville, um, as the broker between the mass of the population and the white structures that surround it. So there's always been this, this kind of brokerage class within uh, African-American history and culture. And I guess the argument for that class has been uh, made sometimes by people who have become cultural icons, right, like W.B. Du Bois, who talks about the talented tenth. And if you talk about the talented tenth, you have to presuppose an untalented 90%, right? I mean, that's a bodacious assumption for any person who calls himself a leader uh, to, to make. So there's been class difference. There's been uh, situation or positional difference within African-American culture, Ob you know, sort of necessitated in order to maintain those structures that Churchill talked about of power, who's on top, who should be where at any given time, day or, or night. In our own contemporary instance, it seems to me that the most explosive, um, well-nigh apocalyptic breakout of that was the civil rights movement, which can be considered and should be, I think, justly considered an extension of the black liberation struggle that has been going on for hundreds of years. What was remarkable about that struggle was that the black majority of uh, Montgomery, Alabama, said, well, we're going to reach out to that leadership class um, that has traditionally been a brokerage class, and we're going to choose a 20-something Martin Luther King Jr. as the leader because we feel that he's got a commitment to social justice, and also we feel that he is in a large harmony with our ends, which are to utterly destroy Jim Crow and to gain our civil rights and our civil liberties. And so you have that reach out to find King with some serendipity, because his father was a conservative Republican uh, who took his choir downtown to Atlanta to do minstrel performance. So King is, is the breakaway guy, and the people in Montgomery recognize that. And the interesting thing, uh, Taylor Branch and, and a number of others, Clay Carson, uh, have explained about King, is it was literally a calling, a calling, a vocation that carried with it the, the, the threat and the bombings, and he lived, as, as, as some people have pointed out, in the whirlwind of, of, of violence and said, I'm not afraid to die. So it became a struggle to the death. King was there, though he's painted as a Christian martyr who only wanted to sit down at lunch counters and to get along with and uh, saying we shall overcome with constituencies other than the black majority. His struggle was a life and death struggle, lived in, in violence, and he never gave up his commitment. He would say, I'm a leader, 
I got to go catch up with my people. He learned to listen. He learned the vibrations of the black majority, and he lived and spoke in their interests throughout the whole of his too short life. That's the model, right? I mean, I think that's the model historically conceived, uh, personally conceived, you know, in my own instance, by where I, I grew up. And then in my adult life, to see a Martin Luther King and his commitment, that seems to me to, to, to be the essence of what the black public intellectual should be about. Um, Professor Baker, time. if we could hold right there for just a minute, we do have to take a quick break and Absolutely. let everybody know that they're listening to WPFW 89.3 FM, Midday Jazz and Justice. We're talking with Professor Houston A. Baker, Jr. Uh, about many things, but uh, things related to his 2008 book, Betrayal, How Black Intellectuals Have Abandoned the Ideals of the Civil Rights Era. Having heard you uh, give that bit of an intro of your background and how you began to see the, the relationship of activism and intellectualism, let's come back after this quick break, and I'll ask you about some of the scholars that you, you uh, talk about specifically. And I also wanted to ask, have you seen any change since you've writ written this book in the public intellectual's public intellectualism uh, since writing right. this, if you want to give any updates that uh, weren't in this 2008 edition. So we'll be back in just a minute with Professor Baker and more of our WPFW audience on Midday Jazz and Justice. Again, I'm Jared Ball, your host, back in just a minute with a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere, please. Everybody would support it. Uh, we said power for colored people, everybody be for that. But it is the word black, it is the word black that bothers people in this country, and that's their problem, not mine. Their problem. Their problem. Kwame Ture talk about the fear of black power. And we are joined on the phone uh, by somebody who's talking about the black power and black liberation struggles uh, and the efforts that emanated out of those struggles, uh, a veteran of the black studies movement. 
longtime author and scholar Houston Baker Jr. talking with us a little bit this afternoon about his book uh, and many other things related to it, Betrayal, How Black Intellectuals Have Abandoned the Ideals of the Civil Rights Era. Uh, so we welcome him back to the program. Welcome back again, Professor Baker. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm really glad to be back and talking with you. I, I guess in the office of having an occasion to talk to an audience, I should uh, point out that uh, Betrayal won a American Book Award from the Before Columbus Foundation for 2009, um, and uh, also, of course, from the uh, point of view of sales, it's now available in paperback. So, uh, you know, I hope people will go and, and, and pick up a copy of it. And if they do, I, I really love to have feedback on uh, the content, uh, the contents of the book. Um, let, let me let me tie into the um, uh, last quote too about uh, black power and, and whose problem it is, because uh, you suggested before the break that we might talk about um, some of the uh, post-publication events. Uh, the book was published in 2008, the was. Um, it seems to me, and um, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what you had to think about it as well, that um, the president as black just triggered joyous global inaugural moment where we were told the millennial goodness of the president would certainly be of almost immediate help to those farthest down and certainly to the, to the black majority. Um, I mean, one, one saw this in people's eyes there on the mall. I mean, the tears, the great day has come. Um, and I, I don't want to do an evaluation of what day we're in, um, it seems not great to me. Uh, but but what Obama, the president, our president has become, is a white hate magnet. I mean, he has been more disrespected and abused and accused and parodied and satirized in ways that certainly should make this whole nation sad that the chief executive office would be subjected to white hate mongers and it's being subjected on the issue precisely of skin color and of race. And it seems to me that that hatred demonstrates clearly that this is not a post-racial era and that the Tea Partiers represent not a silent minority, but indeed often the front men of a power that wishes to remain white power and does not wish to accede anything to black power. So that in a sense, if we look at the black public intellectuals who, to my observation and mine, were much more um, in the media eye uh, before uh, 2008, and try to discover where they are now, I think to a certain extent they've turned to their own self-fashioning. I mean, one looks at the embarrassingly uh, impoverished um, memoir that Professor Cornell West uh, published where he wants to regale us with the intricacies of his love life, et cetera. Um, and, and we look at the almost complete balance of, of some of the other cast of characters, at least on the issues that they were seeking out as centrist on 
uh, before 2008. I mean, to a certain extent, I, I suppose I would say there is no room, given the hate that's being cast at um, the president um, and the Tea Party is on the other side who are casting that hate, or the centrist anymore. I mean, there's just sort of all the pretense is out of the way. You know, uh, we hate you. We hate you because you're black. We keep you in your place. We're going to put more of you in prison. Uh, those of you we can kill, we're going to kill. Um, and I don't think there's really a platform for the kind of solacing discourse about reconciliation and how race doesn't matter in the United States of America as the recent expulsion of Williams from the Tea Party is a show. I mean, the gloves are sort of off, and it's hard to, to see a smooth, walking, slick-talking, not always telling, of course, the truth, uh, centrist black public intellectual in an era like this. Well, let me let me if I can I, let me let me give you where where I, I think I am on this and, and get your response because in part and I agree with you with this with this with this uh, uh, heightened what, what seems at least to be a heightened level of public uh, just you know uh, unapologetic racism yeah. is you know is what we've seen is an interesting dilemma for a lot of the not only black polit- public intellectuals but uh, political leadership who have almost without uh, any exception, uh, sided in their defense of the president and his efforts, regardless of what their impact is for black America uh, or the world even. So it seems like we had, we, we, there is no uh, uh, black community uh, leadership politically or intellectually that's willing to challenge the president. And because the president and his handlers have orchestrated from the beginning a very non-racial to the extent that that's possible uh, campaign and presidency, I put a lot of the onus on this on actually on them because Obama has been in retreat on the issue of race from the beginning because he hasn't spoken aggressively or even allowed the the the, the sort of uh, 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 guard dogs of the political establishment to do it for him to attack aggressively the white supremacist efforts of the Tea Party and their their supporters of Sarah Palin and all of them and Fox News. You know, even we've even lost. Uh, as far as I could tell, the last I looked, the August 28th anniversary of the March on Washington is, is, is being turned into a Tea Party Glenn Beck event. And now belatedly black leaders are looking to, to recapture that and, and, and protect that, that sacred space, despite having not really done anything in advance to secure that time and date to do something of their own commemoration, to raise questions of the president. Where is the president and his work? in relationship to the tradition that you're talking about. Uh, so in many ways, I mean, I, I, you know, and, and I, admittedly, for those who aren't aware, I mean, I voted for Cynthia McKinney and Rosa Clemente anyway, uh, so I've never been a Barack Obama or a Democratic Party supporter. Um, but I feel like their refusal to aggressively deal with race as a, as a still primary uh, 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 issue in this country has allowed the, the flourishing of these more right-wing, conservative, racist, white supremacist efforts. Um, so I don't know. I'll give you a chance to respond. Again, this is WPFW, Midday Jazz and Justice, and we're talking for a little bit this afternoon with Professor Houston uh, Baker, Jr. Yeah, I, I would have to say that in the trail, there is uh, a critique of uh, Obama, President, not then President Obama, uh, and uh, the first uh, national convention speech that he made, which was a rhetorical flourish, but when it came to addressing structural issues of the disempowerment of the black majority in the United States and implicitly across the world, 
there was nothing in that speech <laughs> that would lead one to believe that this man was going to work uh, militantly, centrally, or even liberally uh, in the offices of, of, of the black majority. And of course, when he threw Bevan right under the bus uh, in uh, his national constitution center speech all wrapped up in American flag, uh, I wrote for Salon.com saying that this was clearly another indication of what I charitably called centrism of, of, uh, of Barack Obama then. And I think you're right about no aggressive efforts from that administration uh, on issues that are of every day and, as some people would say, every night existence of, of black people in the United States of America. So, yeah, I mean, I think fault certainly does uh, reside in um, the absence of even a rhetorical, pla a rhetorical platform that people could stand on and answer, as it were, as surrogates of, of, of Washington uh, to the, the Tea Partyists. Um, uh, on, on the other hand, right, I mean, I think that it is important to recognize that the office of the presidency historically, there have been really wretched, <laughs> you know, impeachable and impeached presidents of the United States of America who have not received the same degree of hate media and uh, parodic, distorted, caricatured, uh, almost back to the turn of the 19th century, kind of uh, racialized representation and opposition. And if for no other reason than to signal the increased dangers for all of us who are of color in this United States of America, I think we need to look at that as exceptionally virulent, purulent, and, 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 and dangerous. And it would seem in one sense, I think, and, and again, you can tell me what you think about this, that this would be the perfect instance for those who are as privileged, and I believe I am really privileged, uh, to be in an institution that allows me to think uh, as work and to read as labor and to write as dissemination and production, you would think this would be an ideal opportunity for black people so positioned, people of color so positioned, uh, to issue a, a new statement. I mean, you know, here's, here's part of the, the, the thing that I think we, we know um, and have always known, that the leadership model of the great leader, you know, and that's where I certainly do not consider King the great man variety. That's why I start with the black majority where King is concerned and his empathy and sympathy and, and, and affiliation with the black majority. But, I mean, we can't wait for a leader, <laughs> you know, to say, okay, folks, this is my stand on race, and now I want you guys to, you know, follow in, in, in my path. I'm going to give you computers. I'm going to send you checklists. I'm going to send you a list of, of, of questions that are relevant. I'm going to give you media contacts and so forth. I mean, I think that's never going to happen. I don't really think it's ever happened in the past of, of black America 
and I don't think it's going to happen now. Uh, is that making sense? Absolutely. And we're talking this afternoon with Professor Houston Baker, Jr., who's joining us uh, to talk about his book, Betrayal, How Black Intellectuals Have Abandoned the Ideals of the Civil Rights Era. Today, as we're talking a little bit about uh, white nationalism in response to a black president and many other things, with uh, Professor Houston A. Baker, Jr., author of the award-winning Betrayal, How Black Intellectuals Have Abandoned the Ideals of the Civil Rights Era. Uh, so, again, Professor Baker, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Uh, we have a full phone bank, uh, so I would like to table my thoughts and allow folks to, to chime in if we can uh, and then give you a chance to respond. Uh, so we thank them for their patience. And, Carla, you are on the air with Professor Baker and Midday Jazz and Justice, more importantly on WPFW. Welcome. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Oh, thank you. Uh, once again, as usual, very powerful show. That's something that you always have, regardless of the day, the time, or whatever, we can always count on. Brother Jared having a powerful show, <laughs> but uh, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. I have felt that way for the last 10 years. I'm talking about his book. I do intend to get his book. I, I, I do very much respect your, perspective, respect your perspective of President Obama. I've heard you voice it quite a few times. I support his uh, thoughts of your perspective, and I do feel like uh, if Obama, if President Obama did come on more strongly, uh, a la Reverend Jesse Jackson or Reverend Al Sharpton, that the dangers and perils of the black society would be 100 times old, even more than what is being suffered now with him being, quote-unquote, conservative on his approach to the black agenda. How do you feel about that, brother? All right. Thank well, th you. No, thank you very much. Let's, let's grab a couple of more. Uh, Caller, thanks for your uh, patience. Welcome to the air with your comment for uh, Professor Baker and WPFW 89.3 FM. And we are taking notes, so we'll, we'll make a note of, of everybody's comments. Go ahead, Caller. Thank you, brother. That's a good question when, you, when Brother Baker was talking about the Tea Party. One thing I want people to know is basically uh, an expression of white nationalism from the right and left. I think this is white people coalescing around the fear of a black man being president. And second question, sir, what does Mr. Baker think about these postmodernist black scholars who seem like all they want to do is tear down black people? I mean, I've read articles where they attack Jay Rogers, one guy called uh, the brother from David Walker, uh, unintelligent, and I mean, just attacking Malcolm, and just uh, Hugh Pearson tearing down Huey Newton. I mean, these guys are... I don't know what to say. What's your opinion, sir? All right. Thank you very much. Let's grab one more, and we'll let Professor Baker respond. Caller, thanks for your patience. Welcome to the air, Midday Jazz and Justice, WPFW. Yes. Good evening, Brother Boyle. How are you doing? As well as could be expected. Thank you. Awesome. First time calling to your program, and I love it. I just wanted to mention and, and ask your guest, uh, uh, Mr. Baker, about the relevance. One caller mentioned uh, the Reverend Al Sharpton. Uh, and the importance of quote-unquote black religious leaders, but the still relevance of the Honorable Minister uh, Louis Farrakhan uh, and possibly filling that void of the quote-unquote missing black leadership that's willing to basically take the bullet and cut through uh, 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 the rhetoric and get right to the plight of, of the problems in the black community. Uh, is he still relevant as that possible leader? All right. Thank you very much, Carla. Uh, and uh, we're, we're going to let everybody know this is WPFW 89.3 FM. We're going to take one more quick break, and then we're going to let uh, Professor Baker have an extended uh, last few minutes of the program to respond. Uh, so hold on, everybody. Uh, thanks for the questions. We did take notes. We'll, we'll get to them in just a moment right here on Midday Jazz and Justice, WPFW 89.3 FM.
WPFW 89.3 FM Midday Jazz and Justice. I'm Jared Ball. Again, we're joined by Professor Houston A. Baker, Jr., talking about betrayal, how black intellectuals have abandoned the ideals of the civil rights era. So, Professor Baker, we had a number of questions from our callers. Uh, I do have notes. Uh, If you had something in particular you wanted to start with, uh, uh, please feel free. But uh, we had questions about Sharpton's relevance, uh, postmodernist scholarship, uh, and a backlash, an apparent backlash, or, you know, a possible backlash against brash black leadership. Yeah, let, let me <clears throat> start, because um, um, I don't think we can ever lose our sense of humor. Um, I said to a good friend of mine recently, I said, man, I can't wait for Obama to finish his second term. I said, I was doing all right. You know, white people, when I walked into a restaurant, and maybe my wife and I were the only blacks, you know, they might see this a little far in the back, but now, you know, there's active hostility because they think that I am thinking like I am the president. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I have noticed that, that there's this kind of new um, sensitivity to my walking around in the world. Um, and I think it's a product of, and I've heard people say white nationalism. I'd like to try another term. I'd like to try racist activism. I mean, I don't see anything unusually national about racism, and I think what we see in the Tea Party is is racist activism. Um, And I think we we do need to have a cessation, a stop to black intellectuals for hire, right? I mean, black intellectuals for hire, getting dead presidents, being supported by think tanks and foundations to tear down Black people, I, I totally agree with the caller, and uh, some of that is, is critically analyzed in, in Betrayal, in my book, Betrayal. Um, where religious leaders are concerned, um, that's always been a question that has many, many sides to it. Um, Martin Luther King could not have been successful, nor the black majority, without the righteous support of the church, both as physical structure and ideological infrastructure. It's just, it, it wouldn't have happened. Um, and so, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that has to be dissected for the bad apples, as it were, or uh, questions of, of, of relevance. Um, it seems to me that one of the things that is indubitably true about Reverend Al Sharpton is that he is a very smart man and that he spends a lot of time reading <laughs> and that he keeps up with what's going on in the world today. And so when he shows up on television, right, he's able to say, well, yes, that may be true, but you're leaving out the following things that have happened within the last three months. And these statements were made and so forth. Uh, We don't have enough mouthpieces, it seems to me, who show up in public who are informed and well-read and um, uh, at least um, avowedly committed to uh, the cause of, of black liberation. Now, if we look at a local example for you guys in D.C., Baltimore area, we have Frank Reed uh, of Bethel AME Church. I mean, Bethel is located in the area where that, you know, slightly obscene television uh, series, The Wire, uh, was, uh, was filmed. And, I mean, Frank Reed and his congregation, his flock, have a number of ministries uh, that are working in that community. Um, so here is activist religion. Here's a counter to the racist activism that is the, the, the Tea Party is. And it seems to me that 
in one sense, as I'm jotting a couple of notes uh, in the break, we need new mythologists, new mythologists, right? I mean, one of the powers of Minister Farrakhan and the, and the Nation of Islam is that it was able, out of abjection and derogation, to say, but no, here's the myth of redemption and salvation. And it wasn't just theory, you know, myth as theory. It was myth as practice. People were on the streets. People had an economic doctrine and so forth. And to say that the movement destroyed itself where Minister Malcolm was concerned internally is ridiculously to ignore the fact of COINTELPRO and the active assault of the federal government and its criminal justice law enforcement uh, attorney general system to destroy the black power movement. I mean, it's, it's, it's the kind of, of counter-public discourse uh, to the right racist activism of our times. Um, and there, there are so many of us who are entitled. I mean, I look at the undergraduates in plentiful number who are in colleges and universities who are black and of color. Um, I look at graduate students who are black and, and of, of color, black professionals, uh, black and of color professionals, and I sometimes wonder, you know, with all that entitlement, what are they doing? Professor Houston A. Baker, Jr. here on WPFW, Midday Jazz and Justice. I'm Jared Ball. Uh, I did want to follow up on, on, on sort of what you were saying and, and, and uh, uh, what one of the callers had mentioned about uh, particularly Al Sharpton uh, and Jesse Jackson, the, the more conventional popular civil rights leadership. I mean, uh, Al Sharpton, in terms of his relevance in 2010 and or his relevance to a civil rights or, or black liberation struggle, would seem to be weakened at best, uh, considering that he is, you know, all but a spokesperson for the White House, uh, having been brought in as some unofficial, uh, having some unofficial post with the president uh, as a spokesperson of the White House, a defender of the White House agenda. Uh, so we can't count on him. You know, Jesse Jackson has himself said, you know, in, in, in many ways, uh, similarly, that, that they're not going to march on, on uh, Obama. I mean, this, which is why when I'm watching, you know, Mark Morial and, 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 and uh, Ben Jealous and others making a, a bit of a fuss about the, the march on Washington this summer, there, there wasn't anything in the works uh, that was being blocked now by Glenn Beck's movement, uh, is the point I'm making, that we've sort of just mm-hmm. ceded the space to, right. to them, and uh, we can't look to them anymore. And it seems similar to the, the other co- caller's comment about postmodernism and scholarship. Uh, yeah. that we're now looking critically at black radical political leadership in a way that's hurting us uh, in, in 2010. I think that's absolutely right. And that's why the exceptional uh, people who are young, um, for example, Alexis Gums, people haven't looked at her website. They should. It's G-U-M-B-S um, and Alexis, um, who has uh, online publishing who is a scholar par excellence, having received her uh, doctorate um, uh, in the spring, who is with friends now doing performance activism on a daily, um, and who's been named by uh, some periodicals as one of the most visionary uh, people in in this millennium. And and Alexis may be 30, I'm not sure that she is. but we have a, a cadre of, of young people who are 
taking things apart and, and doing the work, the question would be, you know, where do we come in demanding more shows with you, you know, uh, demanding that your voice be heard more often? Uh, where do we get the representation in media? How do we boycott? How do we protest? What do we do in order to buoy a position like yours, which is a magnificent position, as the callers uh, pointed out about about the show? Um, so, in a you know, some of that it seems to me is just grassroots, ground level work, right? And with the internet at our disposal, uh, we can uh, do some uh, uh, moving around. I often do just to see what's going on, like Jazeera X. I mean, I want to, I want, I want. I want, I want you to email me where I can get that. Um, it's, it's terrific, and I want to know his coordinates. So, I mean, I, I would think that one of the national imperatives, if one were going to talk about, and this phrase just came to me as a noun phrase, and, uh, a new set of mythologists to create a banner under which to resist racist activism and to move forward in liberatory ways, is to have a reference guide to where we can go to listen, what we can read. When I tell people I read everything, they think I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I do read everything. Um, and one of the problems is the elite reading list, right, where if you cite it, um, I don't know, I don't even want to call an example, but you know the ones, the magazines and the newspapers that are out there, people think you're educated. But, I mean, Malcolm and others have pointed out how profoundly uneducated with respect to our self-interest our benefits and dangers uh, we often are when we are in privileged positions not to be ignorant of those things and not to be uneducated. Well, Professor Baker, I appreciate you joining us this afternoon. Uh, I've let you and others know that the video, the Jasiri X video, What If the Tea Party Was Black, can be found at DaveyD.com. That's D-A-V-E-Y-D.com. Uh, but I'll be in touch with you and, uh, uh, and even put you two in touch via email uh, let the listeners know you invited feedback on your book, uh, Betrayal, How Black Intellectuals Have Abandoned the Ideals of the Civil Rights Era. Uh, let people know how they can reach you uh, to give you that feedback. Okay. The easiest way to reach me is houston.a.baker at Vanderbilt. That's V as in Victor, A-N, D as in dog, E-R, B as in boy, I-L, D as in Tom, dot E as in Edward, D, dog, U. All right, thank you very much. And we'll link to it at foxmovie.com as well. Uh, again, Professor Baker, thanks for joining us this afternoon. I wish you well. I'll be in touch with you soon via email. And uh, keep up uh, the good work. I appreciate you uh, joining us. It's a pleasure. I appreciate the honor of it. You take care of yourself. All right, thank you very much. You're now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. Now I could try to sum it up for you, but words are not enough. And anything I might say would never do it justice. So while it's just us, let me say trust us. If we gon' turn to gold, anything that we might touch. See, that's a dream that I'm bringing to fruition. And I'm seeing every day I'm getting closer to my mission. To forever speak the truth and make everybody listen. You can see it in my eyes. I'm getting closer to my vision. I'm not saying I'm the best, but this you better. With the same caliber, even on my level. If you ain't know, I was born to rock the mic. Your rhyme scheme is hella sweet, but Minds is extra light, and lyrically I'm heavy. My delivery is tight, so I'm prepared for the battle I was born for the fight. I'm just trying to make a difference. You can keep the limelight, cause all I need in this world is to be closer to the mic. Sometimes it feels-
long ago I was chilling, feeling faded. Now I'm backstage taking pics and rapping for the greatest. And if I told you who I met in just the past week, the honor on my spit is enough to make your knees weak. I ain't getting no big break. I wasn't looking for it. Moving at a steady pace. You could say I'm cooking for it. I'm marinating and letting my talent simmer. My light is shining brighter. These clouds is getting dimmer. They light is quick to fade, but I'm the type that's here to stay. Working hard from the bottom up. I started at a young age. It's taking time, but I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Resuscitating the game, making your mama notice me. My mom's proud of me. I got my granny bumping me. Don't know what I'm spitting, but she know that I'm a favorite thing. Know that being who I am is not a thing I can't achieve. So not surprised when they see I'm getting closer to my dreams. To resuscitate, cause sometimes the slander gets me high enough to levitate. And so I escalate, my driving forces motivate. Put my passion again, now my success accelerates. It ain't just me, I got a team moving with me. That support is the reason I get love in every city. The way they hold me down, this can never be repaid. And it makes up for every time that I ever felt betrayed. Can't dwell on the past, cause my goal is so near. Yet it's so far away, dying first is what I fear. But I know if I stay focused, then I keep my mind clear. Those who tried to bring me down will have no choice but to hear. That for every lie. Told, I became more revered Being God's favorite That means my blessings are sincere So every time they try to stop me I reach new frontiers Before I was 21 I was thriving in my career I've come a long way Watermarked by many tears From hiding notebooks in my room To my video premiere Couldn't envision everything That was destined to appear Faith brought me this far So I'll see you later this year Listening to Fusebox Radio.
Broadcasting the beat. $20 million in cash. Painful. Little snippets and a little bits of it. Knowledge of beginning till I finish this song. Cause the rhyme gets rougher as the rhyme goes on. You sweat as you step about to get hyped. Or should you just listen to the man on the mic? You're physically in this for me, but how could you tell? If it's meant to be hip hop, if you're not mentally as well. Ready to absorb the rhyme that I just poured into the mic. So you're night and this won't be so bored. If you just keep kicking, listen to the mix and think you'll sink into the rhyme like quicksand holes and controls you till I leave you fall deeper in the style. It's hard to breathe. The only time I stop is when somebody drops and then bring them to the front cause my rhyme's the oxygen. Then wave your hand when you're ready. I'll send you into your favorite dance but let the rhyme continue. And so on and I'ma go on simultaneously even if I stop. The rhyme remains to be rising to the top. Even if I stop.
now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. Yeah, speak his mind, never been scared to. Album of the year, critics saying, How dare you? Fans right beside him, cats ride like, Yeah, dude. Left and came back to the game like, Guess who? In demand, but ask once again, since everyone's rapping, looking what happened to the fans. Again, just give him a bucket hand, make money, you take money, just like Uncle Sam did. And we ain't friends a week, and you're getting shows over. 80 degrees, he still give him the cold shoulder. Tons of soldiers, guns and hostess. Flowers and gun showers, guns and roses. Uh, he feel like the sun was closer, but the beats make you feel like the drums was bolder. The feet keep on hugging on his toes and focus. While the streets keep asking him for more where that dope ish, that crack, that line for line, that coke sniff. Rhymes like a blow trip, minus the glow sticks. Singing in for music still ain't open up, so stop asking why he ain't the beats for such and such. Uh, made paper, independent without majors. We break bread at the round table without. Labels, it is damage in the amateur. Hot, this my new style, like Pac spitting in the camera. Pick up the phone, I'm sick with the poems. The pick of the litter is strong, like a fifth of Patron. Leave him alone and let him keep going. He's in the zone, like it or not, this egg Is in the house. Now what can f with that? And who can f with me? 
you're not built up. I break it, break it, break it down, I leave you filled up. See, that's how blood gets spilled up, cause you all grilled up. And got the hammer on you, but it's still tough. Cause you scared to pull it, even more scared to pop. You ain't a gangster, you need to stop. I'm the type of n- pull up at the evening spot. Squeeze and pop until they weave and drop. I- you the type that gotta call it the goons. I come one deep, strapped like an army platoon. When I get to gladiating on haters like Leonidas, just gonna have to admit it that he's a Titus. You talk a big game, man, but mine's bigger, bro. Hey, yo, premier, let him, let him, let him, let him know. Say, this young pimp C, with primo, it's, 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 it's going down, baby. My mic is loud and my production is tight. We rush. I ain't playing with you. Say, this young pimp C, with primo, it's, it's going down, baby. My mic is loud and my production is tight. We rush. I ain't playing okay, with you. Okay, but it's on the mic. Premier's on the track. The South is in the house. Now who can f*** with that? And who can f*** with us? Better bring your mic game. Mike Jordan, Mike Tyson, Big Mike, man. Big dope, big flow, big fight game. Take you out your zone, put you in the right frame. Take you out your home, middle of the night, man. Wrap you up tight, put your ass on the night train. That's right, man. And it's the right time and the right game to get rich like a white man. Trying to see how much paper that I might gain. While I still keep it drilling with a right man. Yeah, so let's see who we can trouble most. By hitting these haters up with a double dose. Toast, we got them locked like a figure four. Hey, yo, premier, let them, let them, let them, let them know. Say, this young pimp C. I'm a primo. It's, 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 it's going down, baby. My mic is loud and my production is tight. We rush. I ain't playing with you. Say, this young pimp C. I'm a primo. It's, 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 it's going down, baby. My mic is loud and my production is tight. We rush. I ain't playing with you. Yeah, PA to PV, Bud Beater, DJ Premier, legends in the game. You don't know, now you know. Who your whole ass around when real niggas come down? <laughs> yeah, Supreme, I was waiting on that. Sh- I've been waiting on that sh- since DJ Premier was in deep concentration. <laughs> my mother, my mother, 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 Love you, boy. Real rap, real rap, real rap, real, 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 real. We gone, we gone, we gone, we gone, we gone. You are now listening to Fusebox Radio. Yo, P. E-A-C-E, my pedigree, but don't play me like Martin, he just a part of me. Malcolm McCorder, Mark his equal, Pac his half, stay tuned for the sequel, Luna. Elstead's Candyman dead on, my keep it religious, spitting exorcism, dropping bombs, quiet before the storm, about to blow napalm, everybody get it in, good weed, pat wrong. I lay balls of magic, don't take long for you to grab it. Glory the attribute for whoever asking, make hits at the drop of a dime, cause I'm a classic, old school like 45 inch record. And ballet jackets to be perfect, take practice. I'm one of a kind in a lifetime, rare fine. None can match this. None of me graph it. I'm a master at my craft kit. Took the test and passed it. The God everlasting. Master this. So stop hating on the chicks we hit. Cars we drive and bikes we lift. We got this. From ATL to the Bay, Jersey Klansmen. Hands down, flapping our wings. We mastered this. So stop hating on the chicks we hit. Cars we drive and bikes we lift. Jersey Clansman, hands down, flapping our ways. It's simple math. 
mathematics, you gotta love it. I rep the ink all day and go hard for it. Yeah, Doc Hussein's the name, I'm taking over the game. In and out of lane, speeding by you haters. Conversate for what? It ain't about paper. Time is money, you wasting my money. You fucking with my grind. I'm on a cash route, this whole ass out. Get money, hustle hard till the lights out. There's many ways in, no way out. Take the all one south for the 18 route. Do the math, I got cash, a E9 swag. Hundred wolves on your ass, go ahead, jump back. Thirty brothers and sisters, dozens of wild cousins. It's nothing, my discussion's not for cupcakes frontin'. Got 16 for dimes, wanna ride the nine strong. Blue lightning, yeah, we going all night long. We mad at this, so stop hating on the dicks we hit. Cars we drive and bikes we lift. We got this, from ATL to the Bay, Jersey Klansmen, hands down, clapping our wings, we mastered this, so stop hating on the chicks we hit, cars we drive and bikes we lift, we got this, from ATL to the Bay, Jersey Klansmen, hands down, clapping our wings. Hey yo, it's Elo Kush, let's toast to a new beginning, uh-huh. this summertime is wine, women in new linen, usually off-white, rarely an off-night, I keep an army of angels, get somebody uptight, want disrespect my vibe and crush our mood, wrinkle up my fresh paw and scuff our shoes, but the thunder stick spits in the direction of fools, messing with a young king on a date with Miss Thing. We done mastered the craft, sharp in the staff, now these fake ass MCs about to feel the rash, when we wrap this whole game up, put it all in the bag, like we captured the empire, hang the angelic flag, then we strengthen the foundation and give it all back, to the people it's messed up, let's get it right and exact, whether they love us or hate us, we gonna love them right back, but if they act up, bless them and get them angels off his ass. We mastered this, so stop hating on the chicks we hit, cars we drive and bikes we lift, we got this, from ATL to the Bay, Jersey Klansmen, hands down, flapping our wings, we mastered this, so stop hating on the chicks we hit, cars we drive and bikes we lift, we got this, from ATL to the Bay, Jersey Klansmen, hands down, flapping our wings. listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion.
Radio. Mm. You know the difference between you and me? Everything. Do you know the reason why I left? I was bored. I'm sorry, it just takes a little more to hold my attention. Let's go back to the beginning. Girl, me boy, and everything is looking sweet. Time goes by and my eyes wander free. It's all my fault. I'm the one to blame. Shame on me and my Making a mess. 
you say no, you will always be mine. Me a run wild beast, no boy can cross the line. You're the only man allowed to come back in your life. Just go, try and leave, you don't know. Yeah. You'll be back for sure. Cause we go, let's go. You keep coming back, keep coming Come back. back. You know your love. The queen is very hot. Keep it up, someone might take your spot. So much man waiting to take a shot. You See keep that. coming back, keep coming back. You find this, this. Know that you can resist this. Uh-huh. Try and this and get this, this. Yes. Sexy asset boy, kiss this. Shake it up a lot of mercy, I hurt on my heart. <laughs> see that? See that? See that? 